appropriate for us as a message. Um, and the only song I can really kind of think of. Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. I'm Carissa Vickis, your host or hostess. I'm not too sure. Either way, it doesn't really matter. You're here on a very brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. How is everyone? I hope everybody had a very safe, safe weekend. I'm recording this today. It's the 9th, which means it is the full moon tonight, baby. But um, I hope you guys had a lovely weekend. And when you'll hear this on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whenever you, you do hear it, I hope you had a lovely work week and everything went well. Um, I kind of just like looked up and I saw that this Friday when I'll be dropping the fourth episode of Beauty Unlocked, it will be the first Friday of the th- Friday the 13th of, of this new decade. So exciting. I'm not one of those people that believes that Friday the 13th is bad luck in any way, shape or form. But yeah, the first Friday the 13th and we have the full moon this Monday and exciting, exciting things are happening. So I hope everybody enjoyed last. Well, I can I can't really say enjoyed last week's episode because it was a very it was a very rough topic and there was a trigger warning in there because it was such a heavy topic. But we looked at Mauritania's um Mauritania's beauty standards and how they force feed girls, little girls, over 16,000 calories in order for them to get married. And so we definitely took another view of beauty standards. And we're not going to be only, of course, discussing on the show uh, Western beauty ideals or beauty standards. We're going to we're going to go around the world. So I really do hope that you guys um, enjoyed last week's episode. It's like I keep on repeating that we're not your ordinary beauty. We are not. Yes, me, myself, and I. This podcast is not your ordinary beauty podcast because we don't we don't talk about the hair. We don't talk about the makeup. I mean, not that I have anything wrong or there is anything wrong with such things. It's just that we don't talk about them here. We talk about our society's obsession with physical beauty. All right. So now that we finished with that... <laughs> As you all know, before we get to the real good, good, the meaty, meaty stuff, um, I always have to do a bit of house cleaning. I know it can get a little annoying, but gotta do it. I mean, as much as we hate house cleaning, once it's actually done, we feel so much better, so much lighter. You guys know that we are on social media, so you can definitely check us out on the gram, on the Instagrams at beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. Also, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, private group. You can find us on on there under Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. And also, what I want you guys to do is send me emails and let me know what you guys think about this show. And you can also um, suggest episodes. It's not like I'm going to say, like, how dare you, like, you know, send me um, your opinion or send me an idea. No, no, I'm completely, like, open to you guys, you know, sending sending me episode ideas um, so I know what you guys want to listen to. And you can send me an email at beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. Also, as you guys know, because you're bearing with me every single like week, um, I will be getting a, a website very, very soon. But in the meantime, you can actually listen to to, to Beauty Unlocked. Oh, I can't even speak. Beauty Unlocked on Lipson. So you can find us at beautyunlockedpodcast.lipson. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. And I think that's all for 
for the social media and Gmail. I'm probably forgetting something, but <laughs> I think that's that. So as I was pulling up my notes, and actually this this uh, this topic is uh, is thanks to my sister. Hey girl, hey. Um, she was she was listening to this and and she called me because she gets really excited about things and when she reads like the newspaper and I'm like in my mind thinking who the hell reads newspapers like you know the actual physical it's one thing to read the news and and listen to the news I guess but like she's physically reading a newspaper and I'm like who does that don't your fingers get dirty that's besides the point anyway and she's like maybe you should do it like you know on something on like Victoria's Secret I don't remember exactly how she said it to me anyway and so it's it's brought to her it's it's kind of a bit of her idea mixed with you know another idea and uh so yeah but when I was bringing up my notes I I was reading it through and then I was like why the hell are my notes talking about an armpit detox? And I was like, for fuck's sakes, Carissa, you pu I pulled up the wrong notes. And I was like, oh my God, see, <laughs> I got a little confused because it's it's the morning. I'm still a bit like woozy. It's, it's just six o'clock in the morning. And if you guys don't know, actually, I live in Cyprus, just a tiny, tiny uh, island. <laughs> so yeah, and um, we we're now obviously in March, and Cyprus doesn't really have four seasons. I would say it has like it's like two seasons, but it, two seasons in one. So of course we have like the the summer, <laughs> which is very long, very hot, very dry, and I want to die. Um, and then we have well now springtime slash dust time. So um, and and yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, it was like tons of wind, and it was just like, oh my god, it's bringing more dust. Literally, you can. Oh, and if I sound stuffy, and I'm gonna try not to like sniff like like that because like I know it gets annoying. And no, I'm not sniffing coke, you guys. It's just that um, with the dust in the air, I mean, oh my god, I'm a bit like, what the hell's my name and how did I get here? And I even pulled up the wrong notes about armpit detoxing. So um, bear with me <laughs> as always because I sound and I feel like a right mess because of this dust. So let's get into today's topic. I actually decided while I was doing research on this um, on this topic, I, I was just, I kept on, again, I start, I'm, I'm already speechless and we haven't even started. It just, uh, there's a lot of, um, I feel like there's a lot of face palming moments and I just get confuculated. I get confuculated with society as a whole. And this is probably why I'm such a hermit because I'm just like, no, I can't deal. I can't deal today with what I hear sometimes. And even when I like walk around, <laughs> when I go out and like run errands and I'm walking around, sometimes you just kind of not intentionally, but you kind of eavesdrop into conversations. And then I'm and then I think to myself, this is why I don't go out. This is definitely why I don't go out. Um, but but I do have to um, go out and I do. But sometimes I'm thinking, nope, I was I was so much better in my fluffy slippers and pajamas. But while I was researching this topic, the only thing that kept on coming to my mind is how society confuculates me. It really does. And that's why I decided to call this ep episode like society confuculates me uh, because I just I just don't get what the hell we want as a society. So let's get into it as promised. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about the fashion industry and we're going to look at two specific brands. Um, one is Victoria's Secret and the other one is Nike. 
the reason why is because, well, yes, my sister, she she did say, like, why don't you like, talk about Victoria's Secret? And I was just like, oh, it kind of, like, correlates with what uh, Nike and everything and what I had read uh, about Nike recently. Uh, basically, we know that the fashion industry has dictated to us its version of what it deems perfect, beautiful, aesthetically pleasing in all ways. And it grossly, and I emphasize grossly marginalized and underrepresented the rest of the world for many years. Uh, it had an unfortunate reputation for being uh, exclusive in ways that are not always positive. And over time, there have been multiple instances where the fashion industry has come under fire for certain trends and certain decisions that, you know, it, it made. Some of the things that have come under fire in its past is casting strictly Caucasian, tall, and tiny models. And this was the standard for years, for years and years. I mean, it's nothing new. So already within the industry, there was this vicious cycle, let's say. Well, it is actually a vicious cycle. It's not even let's say it. It is what it is. Oh, or it was. Probably still is, but... Basically, it was that models say that casting agents demanded tiny measurements and casting agents responded by saying that the sample sizes produced for the catwalk required them. And then there were the readers who criticized magazines and ads for showcasing skinny models and editors would say or would argue that anything outside of the supermodel aesthetic caused sales to plummet and, and consumers spoke of feeling pressurized to diet by images of very thin models. And then models would report that they were trolled or body shamed for being skinny. So this is the kind of vicious cycle that one is that the measurements and what you require from us is, you know, ridiculous, which it is. And then you would have the casting agents who would say, well, that's how things are. That's what the measurements they're asking for, you know. And then readers would say, we're feeling pressure, you know, to diet, to look like this. And then editors of those would say anything outside of that doesn't sell. So recently, and I'm talking about the last 15 years or so, there has been a notable, notable, oh God, notable change, even though it's been a very, very slow change. And the industry has no um, choice but to see things the way we see it, us the consumer. And it's because we're noticing their bullshit and turning towards brands that are focused on accepting and catering to individual shapes, colors, sizes, ethnicities. Actually, fuck all, we're, we're focusing on brands that are all inclusive of all the differences that make us human. Because if it were the same goddamn thing, it would be pretty fucking boring. But this is what we they've been giving us for years. And we're fucking tired of it. We're tired of it because it doesn't represent us. It doesn't represent us. Anyway, that's just my first rant and rave. I hope you're you're ready for a lot of uh, a lot of pauses and me not being me being confeculated basically. So let's take a look at uh, Victoria's Secret. I found this article from USA Today, and it's not it's not an old one actually. It's it's a few months old. Uh, it was written in December, December the fourteenth uh, of last year. And it goes, it said this, Victoria's Secret just got a little more inclusive. The lingerie, uh, the lingerie fashion brand is featuring its first uh, size 14 model, Ali Tate Cutler, in ads as part of its collaboration with Bluebella, a female-founded UK-based lingerie company. Cutler, she, she took to her Instagram and she said, I believe I'm the first size 14 on Victoria's Secret. 
uh, that's what she uh, captioned her post. And she's like, regardless, I'm pretty stoked to work with a brand I idolized when I was a teen. Great step in the right direction for bodies. So it could be said that Victoria's Secret's move to showcasing different body types is uh, in their story is a push towards rebranding themselves. And we'll discuss why they're trying to rebrand themselves, uh, actually. There was a little bit of controversy, as always. <laughs> so Victoria's Secret was recently under fire for its lack of inclusivity and body positive um, messaging. So artists like ha uh, Hazy, Halesy and Kate Umpton uh, have called out the brand for its problematic ways. Upton, Kate Upton, was tired of seeing the same body types walking the runways of Victoria's Secret's fashion show. We're sick of seeing the same body type. You have to be body inclusive now. Every woman needs to be represented, otherwise it's a snooze fest. Halsey spoke out after the brand's chief marketing officer, Ed Razik, and we're going to talk about this man, um, said that he wasn't interested in uh, casting transgen transgender and plus-size models for the annual fashion show. So she says, as a member of the LGBTQI plus community, I have no tolerance for a lack of inclusivity, especially not one motivated by stereotype. And this is what she wrote on her Instagram. So since that, and since the backlash uh, that happened due to Ed Razik's remarks, um, he, uh, and I put this again in air quotes, retired, and Victoria's Secret uh, cast its first openly transgender model, Valentina Sam Sampaio. Um, so this is what USA Today said. Who is Ad, uh, Ed Razik and what, what comments did he make? Well, thank you again, Wikipedia. <laughs> I, checked, I checked it out. I mean, I read his remarks and then I was like, who the fuck is this man? Seriously. Yes, this man. Who are you, sir? So I read the what Wikipedia um, wrote, and so it said, and I'm, I'm going to read this out. Ed Razik was the president and chief marketing officer at Limited Brands and for 27 years in charge of casting the Victoria's Secret Angels and largely responsible for the annual Victoria's Secret fashion show. He joined uh, L Brands in 1983, the year I was born, and he re resigned in 2019 after public criticism. So Razik was instrumental in selecting the brand's models known as angels and in creating the company's, <laughs> I love, the, I love uh, Wikipedia, uh, creating the company's macho TV ads. Yeah, pretty much. Razik was subject uh, of repeated complaints to the Human Resources Department regarding inappropriate behavior, but he continued to operate with impunity. In November 2018, criticism of Razik's secrets and a whoa whoa anachronistic marketing went viral when he expressed no interest in casting plus size and trans and this is what it said huh transsexual models in victoria's secret fashion show in an interview with vogue in an era of me too and body positivity the backlash was so severe that the company hired its first openly transgender model like i said before valentina i'm just gonna go with valentina because her i can't say her last name sam sampaio in august he later apologized by way of social media, as everyone who, like, makes fucking fiery comments does, and he resigned. Good. So I really don't, to tell you the truth, in all honesty, we're, and I'm going to um, read what he said, but I don't care about people's apologies because, you know, people, the thing is we don't think before we speak a lot of times. I mean, I'm, I'm including myself in that, but when it comes to certain things, I tend not to speak 
because my opinion is unsolicited. And there's always, I mean, people make, everybody makes mistakes, obviously. But sometimes, sometimes, like my mama used to say, you have to, okay, I'm translating this from the French that she would say, you have to turn your, your tongue seven times in your mouth before you speak, meaning that you can't do it. So if you can't turn your tongue, literally turn it, I'm not talking about no sexual shit. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. If you can't turn your tongue seven times in your mouth, then you shouldn't say what you're thinking of saying because it probably, um, I, 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 it, it probably ins is insulting in some ways. And the thing is, especially public fi uh, figures and people in the public eye, they have a tendency of just, you know, I don't know. They just speak without thinking sometimes. And I'm like, really? Was it necessary? Was that necessary? Did it make you feel good? But okay, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but sometimes I think shut the fuck up is much better and sit the fuck down uh, is, is the way to go a lot of times because sometimes it's just it's just too much. So that's what I used to actually sometimes tell my students. <laughs> I'm such, I was seriously very naughty as a teacher, very naughty. Anyway, but um, this article that I'm going to read is from The Hollywood Reporter. And it was, it talked about uh, Ed, uh, Ed, we're just going to say, I'm not going to even say his last name, Ed, his comments in, in, in Vogue. So um, basically The Hollywood Reporter, this article was written in, uh, let me see, uh, two years ago, actually, December 11th, December 11th, uh, 2018. His response, this is what they say, in his response, which included the use of the word transsexual, an outdated and offensive term, Razik said that trans and plus-size women do not exemplify the fantasy that Victoria's Secret is trying to sell. So the uh, interviewer said, shouldn't you have transsexuals in the show? And Ed over here said, no, no, I don't think we should. Then the reporter asked, well, why not? Because the show is a fantasy. It's a 42-minute entertainment special. That's what it is. All right. Um, it goes on, he goes on to say, if you're asking if we considered putting a transgender model in the show or looked at putting a plus-size model in the show, we have, he continued. Um, we have thought about it, not that they have done it. We invented, uh, sorry, we invented the plus-size model show in what was our sister division, Lane Bryant. Lane Bryant still sells plus-size lingerie, but it sells a specific range. Just like every specialty retailer in the world sells a range of clothing, as we do. We market to those, or sorry, we market to who we sell to, and we don't market to the whole world. Obviously, you don't. We attempt, well, you didn't. We attempted to do a television special for plus sizes in 2000. No one had any interest in it, still don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter continues to say that reaction to Razik's problematic remarks was swift and heated. And many notable LGBTQI figures, uh, including trans models and plus-size stars, took to their social media to share their disappointment in Victoria's Secrets. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, man, man, man. I don't know. I ugh. There are many, many problems. Um... But, you know, to tell you the truth, whether he was kicked out or like they 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 put they say it in such a diplomatic way, he retired. Good riddance. And, you know, uh, firing a man who makes like these kind of remarks, it doesn't I mean, it's not like it solves a problem because, you know, there's still people who have, you know, that that kind of uh, view 
Uh, but good riddance because he used to... Uh, I read a lot more about him and he, he did quite a few things. So um, you can go and fuck yourself, sir. Uh, anyway, n the world does not miss you in, um, in the fashion industry. Uh, I was about to say another word. Calm your titties down, Carissa. Okay, <laughs> so... I'm going to take a closer look. I found another um, another article, and it talks about one of the many models who suffered due to the unrealistic expectations in the fashion industry. And this was also taken from USA Today. And we're going to take a look at Bridget Malcolm. W what the article said uh, was, in the m modeling industry, being thin enough to book big jobs can cost you your health. So Bridget Malcolm, who has modeled for Victoria's Secret, Sea Folly, and Polo Ralph Lauren, is opening up about losing her fear of food. In an Instagram post, she compares photos of herself at the height of her severe anorexic to healthier images now. The thinnest images, she says, were taken after the 27-year-old was rejected for gaining a half inch in her hips. A half inch. Okay. Until this year, the Australian model writes on her blog, I was expected to remain a hip size of 35 inches or under. My set point is at least an inch higher than that. It is just the way I am built. Some models maintain the required size effortlessly. Sorry, I am not one of those girls. And that has certainly begun... Be oh my God, I can't speak. And that has certainly been a huge amount of pressure on me for the past 14 years of working as a model. So she rec uh, recalls booking the most work at, as her eating disor disorder reached its height. I've been rewarded with the highest profile clients when my hips were at their smallest, 33 inches, you guys. And when I gained half an inch from that, I lost those clients being told that my body did not look good enough. I'm thankful that the sheer insanity of being rejected over half an inch of gain, which was not enough to get my periods back or stop my hair from falling out, was enough to get myself into recovery from my eating disorder. Today, the size 4 model is, uh, says she's made a deal with herself. She'd go back to modeling, but only if she maintained a healthy weight. She says she is free from, uh, sorry, free from food fear, finally. That's way too many Fs. Wow. Free from food fear, finally. It has taken a lot of work and recovery, but I'm so grateful that there is a place in the industry for me now at my healthy weight. And this is what she said on Instagram. So, okay, uh, uh, mm, <clears throat> so we see both sides of, of what is expected, these unrealistic expectations from these models. And, and I mean, yes, there is, like we said, a slow, very slow change. It's starting to change. You know, we, we, we always um, used to say, oh, look at how thin they are. Look at this. It's because it was expected of them and they suffered because of it. She gained half an inch um, to her thighs and it still didn't bring back um, her periods or the, her hair. Uh, it didn't stop her hair from falling out. So, you know, uh, we're, we're ugh, I, I can't. Sorry, I just I can't. God damn it. Did I just say thighs? No, it's when she gained half an inch from from um, from her hips. Okay, I just I got rattled. I'm rattled. I'm rattled, and I'm pissed off because it's it's just it's ridiculous uh, what is expected. And like we said in the beginning of of the show, that these models were trolled for being too thin, but it's expected from them in the fashion industry. 
So that was that was uh, that was from Bridget. Now we're going to look at uh, Nike, as we know, the famous Nike. And uh, it it's uh, I found a few articles actually, but anyway. So basically, controversy is nothing new when it comes to discussing women's bodies. And in my opinion, I don't even know why we're still discussing this in the 21st century and why it's an issue. We have we all have a body. Nothing new. Nothing freaking new. If we're on this planet this earth we're gonna have a body that's how it is anyway whether they're too fat too skinny too short or too tall an attempt of inclusivity is almost always bound to end in a heated discussion over what's normal and what's not i don't even like the i don't even like the word normal what the fuck does that even mean anyway i seriously you guys think that i'm going uh i'm going to if this is in my opinion and i'm going to fucking tear a new hole into this like seriously anyway so in the fashion industry, women have been fighting for more inclusiveness and normalization of all kinds of bodies for quite an amount of time now. However, it seems that we still have a very long way to go because we do, uh, especially by this this article. Yes, it's about, about Nike, but also there's been comments about um, how they're being more inclusive in Nike. So when I read some of these comments that are not of my opinion, uh, you'll see uh you're gonna hear a rant and rave there so recently the sports attire brand nike introduced plus size and para sport uh, mannequins at their store in london the newest addition to nike's um, flagship store in oxford street is dedicated to celebrating the diversity and inclusivity of sports not only has the sports brand introduced a plus size mannequin but they also redesigned the woman's floor in the flagship store and created a dedicated space for them so the space that they um they redesigned is it's called expert studio and it offers ser offers services such as sport kit customizations for teams uh, a legging adjustment service and bra fittings sarah hannah nike's vice president for women in europe the middle east and africa said and i quote with the incredible incredible momentum in women's sports right now the redesigned space is just another demonstration of nike's commitment to inspiring and serving the female athletes as we know controversy has to follow even for a plus size mannequin even for that there has to be controversy all right so this is where society seriously uh and of course we're gonna have haters for everything we're gonna have the people that are pro and we're gonna have the people that are con there has to be a balance right in life but sometimes i feel like the the neg negativity or the 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 opinion of, oh, I care so much about that person's weight. No, you fucking don't. Because if you did, you would keep your fucking comments to yourself. But that's, let me, <laughs> just, I can't. So what confuculates me is that we, we scream for inclusivity. And when the fashion world starts to, to take a bit notice because they see that they have a dip in sales because people are looking, to, the consumer, us, is looking towards brands that are uh, all inclusive, so they, they start listening to us, but then there are people who deem it appropriate to voice their outdated and judgmental views, and they hide it under the guise, guise of, uh, ooh, I care about that person's weight. It's a fucking mannequin, first of all. I know you don't care about their weight. You wouldn't care because you would, like I said before, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't voice your outdated and judgmental opinion. So I'm going to read some of the tweets about um, this, and it, it's just about... Uh, a mannequin all right and i'm going to read uh i'm going to read some of uh, these tweets for you guys here we go 
I'm not going to actually say the names of the people, but I will be posting the articles up on my like Facebook group, Facebook page, eventually also include them on, on the show notes. But this person, he took to his tweet, and he's actually an author, uh, an author of a book called Fatnosis, and he's a TV personality. Anyway, he wrote in his tweet, um, at Nike, mannequin normalizing obesity, not a good move, but seems the UK loves to be in denial of fat. Another one, another tweet goes, great motivator to get people to buy workout gear. Buy our stuff and work out or, or you'll be unhealthy and overweight like this mannequin. Great job, Nike. <clears throat> Class from Nike showing fat customers how awful yous would look if ye purchased these items. I dislike the normalization. This is another one. I dislike the normalization of our unhealthy society. Uh, Nike display, and this is uh, from the article that Nike displayed plus size mannequins inside London's uh, flagship store. Uh, another. Well, then it goes actually. Um, the the rest of the tweets, it's not all negative, but there were more negative tweets, and then they had like a lot of positive tweets, because as always, there has to be a balance. Now these people, um, yeah, no comments. Ah, I can't. I, <laughs> I just I want to scream this um, this guy. Like his name on Twitter is Papa Trump. I just, I can't. Sorry. I mm. already, anything that has to do with Trump as a being is just no comment. And this guy is like, Papa Trump, go fuck yourself, Papa Trump. Anyway, so that's my opinion. You guys don't have to be of the same opinion. That's my opinion. Anyway, so I found another article, actually, um, and it's by a cardiothoracic surgeon, and it was taken from The Guardian. Her name is Dr. Nikki Stamp, and she said, Nike's mannequins have been well-received by shoppers and on social media, where pictures of them went viral. As is the nature of the internet, though, other people have berated Nike for glamorizing obesity, going so far as to say that the mannequin were she real, would be diabetic and riddled by osteoarthritis. I'm not sure where their outrage was when research showed that most high street mannequins are so thin they wouldn't menstruate. Yes, of course, because once you see like a thin, like, you know, a thin mannequin, this is only about a mannequin. Can you imagine? Um, when you see a thin mannequin, it's like, oh, yeah, she's the perfect like size and she's aesthetically pleasing to my judgmental eye. And when we see a plus size mannequin, it's like, oh, my God, she's like diabetic and osteo. She has osteoarthritis. This is ridiculous. Anyway, there are two. Uh, Dr. Nikki Stamp, she continued and she's a cardiothoracic surgeon. So props to Dr. Nikki Stamp. She says, there are two problems with this reaction to seeing bigger bodies. The first is that there is no way for any of us to look at the body of a larger person and make any rational or even accurate judgment about how their health is. There are a proportion of people who we might consider to be bigger who do not have the diseases that we commonly associate with obesity, such as diabetes or high blood pressure. That is, it is entirely possible to be fit and fat. But a quick glance at the rolls on someone's tummy uh, won't tell you that. So one of the biggest predicators of someone's health if they are in a larger body is not their fatness, but rather their healthy habits. Physical fitness is one of the most important markers for health and may offset some of the negative effects that someone who has extra 
uh, extra fat may be otherwise subject to. No matter how much you weigh, being active is important and needs to be encouraged. You cannot tell this just by looking at someone's body and you can you could also argue that it's none of your business. Exactly. Thank you, Dr. Stamp. It is none of your freaking business. So Dr. Stamp, she says, if people were really serious about caring for the health of mannequins or real life people who are larger than society normally deems acceptable, you would understand the effect that comments can have. Stigma related to their size is actually likely to stop bigger people exercising. Shaming doesn't translate into the health gains we pretend to be so desperately interested in. There is no denying that we should be healthy and that we should encourage healthy habits. But every time someone points out that anyone who is larger can't possibly be healthy, not only could, be, could they be wrong, they're actually making it harder for anyone who isn't able-bodied, cisgendered, or thin to achieve health in mind and body. So we need to stop shaming. Thank you, Dr. Stamp. You know, and this is a cardiothoracic surgeon, all right? Cardiothoracic surgeon, and she's telling people, shut the fuck up and stop judging, all right? So applause for Dr. Nikki Stamp. I love you. Then I found another article. <laughs> I Seriously, you go down a rabbit hole. But I found another article, um, and it was on refinery29.com. And the writer uh, is Bekita Rivas, and it was updated last year in June. But uh, it was, again, talking uh, in regards to Nike, uh, Nike's plus-size mannequins. And there was a vocal opponent to the new mannequins. And the opponent to this was Tanya Gold. And she's a British journalist who wrote an op-ed op over the weekend for The Telegraph. And it was titled, Obese Mannequins Are Selling a Dangerous Lie. In her piece, Tanya argues that the plus-size mannequins are immense, gargantuan, and vast, and disclosed that she is not readying herself for a run in her shiny Nike uh, gear. So it continues to say this article in Refinery29.com that um, Tanya didn't expect for people to... Basically, there was an outcry and an, a backlash on, on her comments of calling a mannequin, and I again quote, immense, gargantuan, and vast. Tanya, I swear to God. Anyway, well, the, art, the, the lady who wrote the article, uh, she says that Tanya didn't account for, uh, for are the nuanced women out in the world who look like the mannequins in question and who do, in fact, run in their shiny night gear. They also ride bikes, lift weights, practice yoga. They do the same physical activities everyone else does. Uh, the article continues to say the very critics who argue that plus-size women need to exercise will then turn around and attack them when they do work out and they chose to use night gear. So what's the real issue? These critics aren't worried about health or exercise. The truth is they harbor so much hate for plus size women that they don't feel they deserve representation or visibility. And, what could, uh, and that kind of hatred has no place in our society, exactly. Several women took to social media to sh share their stories and explain what seeing the new mannequins means to them. This was her Twitter. So, wow, Telegraph, nice job with the Tanya Gold clickbait. I look like that Nike mannequin, and I've done a 10K, a half, and a marathon this year. And there's another 10K and a half coming up. If you think obese women can't run, you clearly, you've clearly been living under a rock. Another um, tweeter <laughs> tweeted and said, Tanya, with all due respect for your right to express yourself, no. Yes, women of every size and do 
uh, sorry, yes, women of every size can and do run and walk and cycle and dance. And yes, they deserve clothes just as nice as their skinnier sisters. Stop. Don't shame and punish. Go for a run. You'll feel better. Another one says, Ima uh, imagine going to school for years just to write this article. Uh, this article referring to Tanya's article. If fat girls can't have athletic wear, what are they supposed to wear when they're trying uh, when trying to better themselves or be comfortable? Are women supposed to work out in jeans because Tanya Gold thinks Nike is only for skinny people? We also have one um, from uh, an actress and body positive activist, Jamila Jamil, and she says, what an ignorant, shame-mongering clown Tanya Gold is. What a hateful, judgmental, uneducated stance to take on what is a positive, progressive, and brilliant move made by Nike. I commend them entirely and think Tanya Gold best find the nearest bin and jump in. So these are just a few. I'm not going to continue reading all the tweets. But basically, like we said, you know, the whole thing of we're all entitled to opinion, an opinion, of course, but think before you speak or think before you write or th just think. How about that? Us as a society, um, we need to stop and think. Uh, this is the problem. I understand we all are allowed to have a goddamn opinion. But when you are, especially in this very judgmental way of body shaming, this is where it's just like, sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. How would you feel if somebody tore a new hole into you for every single thing you did and the way you looked? The problem is that we as a society, of course, we're entitled, but our entitlement goes more towards sometimes, not all the time, sometimes towards shaming each other and it's not okay. And I'm someone, when I was growing up, I was bullied about my weight, very, very much so. And it's uh, like the, the cardiothoracic uh, doctor said, we need to stop judging. We need to actually think about the comments that we are making because they have an effect on, on people's uh, uh, mental state. And I know for sure that being bullied for years when I was living in the States and going to school in Virginia and stuff like that and being bullied constantly, at a certain point, I didn't even want to ride the bus in the morning. And I, I, I asked my dad to like drop me off. Um, and sometimes he couldn't, sometimes he couldn't. But it's because like I would avoid the bus because I was bullied about my weight. So and, and it had an effect for years on me, for years, because I'm someone who did suffer and, and who does because the struggle is always real um, with an eating disorder and I was a bulimic for years and it was it's 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 um, it's a struggle and it's a battle every single fucking day you know and so when I read comments of body shaming whether you body shame someone who's too thin or you body shame someone who's too fat I cannot stand it I cannot stand it and I'm just like seriously what is wrong with us why do we have why do we have the need to shame people because we have an entitled because we're entitled to an opinion that doesn't give you the right to like shame anyone anybody for their size their color their hair their whatever their physical appearance no one should be shamed oh my god sorry i'm gonna get off my soapbox very soon I got off. I'm stepping off the soapbox now and i'm going into another this is why this um what you call it, this, this, uh, this episode is called Society Confuculates Me because I'm going to read another article and it's regarding Ashley Graham. We all know the beautiful Ashley Graham. And it's um, basically of how she posted pictures of herself um, going to the gym and she's been, a bit, well, recently, I mean, she just gave birth not too long ago, but this was a bit before that. And uh, we all know Ashley Graham. We know that she's all for body positivity and, 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 and for being a model, of course, also. Basically, she wrote, 
uh, it says in this article, sorry, that the plus uh, the plus is equal advocate and U and U.S. size 14 model was hit by a barrage of angry comments suggesting she had succumbed to industry pressure and propagated notions of beauty by slimming down. And this, this was actually the people that were body shaming her were people that followed her, her fans. So they started body shaming her for hitting the gym and saying that she's a sellout. This is where society confoculates me. So you're for, you're pro, uh, uh, you're pro plus size, but then God forbid that someone who is plus size hits the gym and if they do hit the gym that means that you're being a sellout so people mock each other and body shame saying that if you look like the nike mannequin then you're obese and riddled with disease and how dare you work out because um you're a sellout and uh, you you've succumbed to society's pressures what the hell is happening seriously society you can fuckulate me she continues to say comments range from disappointment to anger you don't make plus size dollars anymore you make backstabbing dollars that was one of the comments that she received uh, ashley graham and then another one is you don't love the skin you're in you want to conform to hollywood you believe being skinnier is prettier this is this is two of the comments that she highlighted uh, ashley graham because she wrote a, a an essay about it so basically she was saying that fans were were angry by pictures they believed showed she had lost weight and they were body shaming her for her workout. What the hell? Sorry, there's like a bus that's <laughs> sorry, there's like a bus in the background because people here in Cyprus don't know how to park and they block where uh roads where buses can pass. Hold up. <laughs> All right, so we're back after um the the honking of the bus. <laughs> oh man, seriously, welcome to Cyprus. Anyway, so, yeah, so a Ashley Graham was basically bombarded by a whole bunch of negative um, comments by her fans saying that she's selling out for actually working out at the gym. I didn't, I didn't, under I don't, what I don't understand is just because you're plus size doesn't mean, like we said before, doesn't mean that you are not healthy, it, you know, so I, I, I'm kind, this is why, again, society confoculates me. I'm going to stop right there. I hope everybody enjoyed me mostly ranting and raving and cussing. Um, I have been known to have very much so a sailor's mouth, and I have a tendency of using all the cuss words in one sentence. I actually stopped myself from using a few very, very harsh. I know, I know cuss words in general are harsh, but I, I was about to go right into it. <laughs> um, this is my message as we're closing off the show. My message is stop body shaming stop shaming period everybody has enough pressures as it is in their life and we don't need to hear more negativity why can we not understand that negativity brings about nothing i mean it, there's there's I, I don't understand how we think that negativity actually works into bringing a positive change it really doesn't and we need to stop uh pretending uh that we actually care by uh we care about somebody's weight or whatever by body shaming them. You don't care about that person. You just have issues yourself where you, you have self-loathing issues. If you deem it acceptable to have such a judgmental view on somebody's physical appearance, nothing pisses me off more as you guys know, as you guys heard throughout this episode, which I hope you actually enjoyed. And let me know if you've ever had issues of body shaming or being bullied 
or have have suffered in any way of society's pressures regarding physical beauty i would love to hear from you guys my closing message is this when you and when you love yourself when you've done the work to actually accept and love yourself which is a it's is very difficult work and many people do not undertake that kind of work because it's just they just deem it too difficult to look at the both the dark and light sides light sides of ourselves Ooh, tongue twister when you love and accept yourself you will love and accept others irregardless of their shape size color whatever um, our society is, um, and I know I'm generalizing, but many people in society deem it acceptable and it is never, ever acceptable. You come from a place of, of hurt and shame when you have the audacity of pretending to actually care about somebody's health when you shame them. Um, you need to look in, in the mirror yourself and really look at yourself and see that you don't have an issue with people. You have an issue with yourself love each other love yourselves this is one of the biggest things i i seriously hope that i live to see the day where all comments are just positive i know that's not going to be possible there has to be a balance you're going to have the negative you're going to have the positive that's how life is but in in, in reality we, we should all be striving to not look at other people's grass okay look at your own goddamn grass feed it nourish it love it make love to it if you have to i don't care i'm all about that sexual energy honey um it can do wonders it can work wonders but um just just water your own grass don't don't look at other people's lanes don't look at other people's grasses don't look at other people's yards you know just work on yourself to accept yourself in order to be able to accept others you know for who they are because if you want to be accepted for who you are you you need to seriously let go of all things that are um that no longer serve um they no longer serve you some of these outdated opinions outdated opinions no longer serves us as a whole as society we want to evolve not de-evolve people this is the whole point and for some reason i see that we're de-evolving and we're just the worst of the worst sometimes. I mean, I can't even say that human beings are uh, animals because that's um, that's uh, insulting animals. Animals are the best. Human beings, we have a long fucking way to go, my friends. I love you guys. I want to say to everyone, please take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Sometimes if you like my mama said or used to say if you cannot roll roll your tongue seven times in your mouth uh, Don't say what you're about to say think about the impact that um, You have your words have on somebody's mental state It doesn't take much to give a, a, a stranger a compliment because it makes them feel good if you receive a compliment it for sure makes you feel good so why would you want to go around spreading some negativity behind twitter or whatever um why would you want to spread that negativity if it happened to you you know that somebody said something negative about you we would have a shitty shitty day why would you want to make another human feel like that so as i say love each other love yourselves i love you guys and i would love to hear from you i'm all about the love seriously um i would love to hear from you guys let me know give me like uh, episode ideas um have a safe and loving weekend and i will see you in next week's episode or see you no i will <laughs> you will hear from me in next week's episode love you bye
Wow.